Chopping and roasting Yeah, that's what we do Set them up, knock them down Make that cherry glow Whiskey and cigars The gentleman's cologne Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Ooh, that sounds like a party about to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Welcome, my friends, to show number 367. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz, and my co host back again with us this week is Mr. You Ian said Barry. 300 and how many? 367. Now, I know we're not supposed to do math in this uh, in this program. We here. struggled without you last week trying we're, to do math. We're not do supposed to do math, but 367, you said? That's right. That's If I divide that exactly down the middle, that, that's, that means we're halfway to 400 right now. I believe now. so. Yes, I believe that's right. And we had trouble calculating that last week without you. But we do want to say a big thanks to last week's guest co-host, our wine expert and friend, Mr. Mark Burrell. Love that guy. Who was here in your place last week. And then our special guest. As long as he thank, wasn't better than I am. I want to thank also, notice how I just completely avoided that question. <laughs> also want to thank our special guest, Mr. Barry Brenniger uh, from RD1 Spirits, who brought in uh, four different expressions of their whiskey, all the same mash bill, but all aged very differently in different uh uh, cask I'm with super sorry yeah. I missed that. Yeah, that I think fun. you would. I feel I like I learned a lot it. on that show. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a fun show. So you know, Glenn uh, Morangy did that with their uh, cask editions of like the the Lasanta, the Quinta Rabon, and the Madeira. And uh, I was reading just this week that that is kind of becoming the thing yeah. now in whiskey is the different cask finishes that a lot more whiskey companies are experimenting with different. Even yeah, with the exact same mash build, yeah, the exactly, exact same distillate. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what we did. Uh, last week and it was uh, it was actually very good and a lot of fun now you on the other hand we're having some special fun of your own so um i know you guys missed me last week and, we and i appreciate that i i i wasn't really thinking about you i was i was on a boat <laughs> smoking a cigar but you were thinking about me because i got a photo from you of you doing me. a little taste test of <laughs> one of the beers on the cruise yes. and i'm just gonna go out on a limb here was it the uh, Dos, Exi, Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale? It was Because your not. face looked like that's what oh, it was. Oh, yeah. It was, so, uh, <laughs> so I sent that picture because – so uh, we sat down and we did a um, – we did a short uh, thing where I just a we grabbed tasting segment. Yeah, we did a short tasting segment, and uh, and me and Alan grabbed a few of the uh, beers that are made for the uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're called Parched Pig. That doesn't sound very appetizing. <laughs> a pig that's really thirsty. Okay, great. Uh, um, anyway, so um, so uh, so we sat down with uh, three of those uh, expressions, three or four. I can't remember now. Uh, but you have a segment, right? Yes, but we have the segment, which you will see very shortly. But one of them in particular, it was um, 
It was it, not good. <laughs> this is what I love, though. Like sometimes people accuse us of liking everything. It's like for the most part, we try to bring on things that we think we're going to like, right? Except for maybe the mystery bev, and we'll get to a mystery bev in a moment. But why don't we go ahead and see this segment? Because I want to see your face. <laughs> well, so yeah, here we go. So we went into the. Uh, so this the, is you the... and our buddy Alan Denny, correct? Yes, this is me and Alan Denny at one of the pubs on the boat where they had all the beers, and then we just took over a table, and uh, we had uh, uh, we had a friend of ours, Cam, with the camera. Mm-hmm. Is a really nice, uh, uh, really nice little uh, handheld camera he was using, and then uh, his wife. Uh, Alan's wife, uh, April, was taking some pictures, and that's where you got the picture from last okay. week that cool. I thought was hilarious. Yep. Yep. I had to send yep. ahead. All right. Well, why don't we see exactly what that looked like here? Go ahead and play this clip. Hello, everybody. We are here on the Carnival Breeze. Look who I found on my cruise. Who would have thought? No cruise on the cruise. We're on a cruise without cruise. That's weird. That is weird. But we got each other, and that's and a got, lot. And we got beer and lots of it. <laughs> so this is the this is the beer that's uh, the Carnival Cruise Line. Beer. It's called Parched Egg. They have three different flavors. They have the uh, the pumpkin ale, the uh, IPA, the Caribbean, and it's Caribbean wheat. Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. That's Caribbean. What I said. <laughs> we're, doing, we're, gonna, we're, we're doing the pumpkin ale first. We're gonna try the pumpkin ale first, and the reason is because my wife's waiting to drink this beer, <laughs> so she's sitting over there without a beer. So Aww. we're gonna start this one first, and we're gonna see how these beers are. It's weird not having a producer to pour our drinks for us. That's true. true. Oh, you know, I usually pour the drinks on the show. Do you? I do. Oh, pass that on. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Adam, because Adam, well, the beers you do, but yeah. the, the, we just got photos, we got video bombs. Do we get video bombs? <laughs> nice. Video bomb. I love it. <laughs> well, I figured it'd be okay to have, like, people walking by. Yeah. We're going to have, if you look out that way, there's tons of, like, water, lots of water. And, and the sky, and clouds. Nose is really good. You know what? This actually smells okay. I get more pumpkin spice than I do pumpkin. Agreed. Sure. Agreed. And almost uh, pumpkin, uh, like uh, like a pumpkin pie crust. Yes. Almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's pumpkin pie can like making a pumpkin yeah. pie. That's like that's like licking the spatula. Yeah. Yeah. Right after mom whipped <laughs> it up. It's actually oddly good. It's also not a heavy mouthfeel. It's a lighter mouthfeel. No, it's way lighter than those. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give this one a go. This is pretty pretty okay for what it is. Yeah. This is Thanksgiving in a glass. Mm. It is. We're gonna move on to the IPA because I know you're not a big fan of IPAs. So we're gonna have the IPA and then we can use the last one to wash your mouth out. Hey, hey little April, can you come around here a little bit? Hold on. I need a shot of water in each glass. Please and thank you. Yes. Oh, she has water. She got a bottle of water. So on can... her, that makes it even easier. Yeah. There, you can dump here. Perfect. All right, so here we are coming up with the. That's the IPA. West, wait, what did it say? West IPA. Carnival Cruise Line, bursting with flavor, all about that relaxed vacation feeling all the time. And these are all made on ship, right? I'm pretty sure they don't make these on the show. Oh, I thought they, I actually thought they were brewed on ship. Really? Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. Totally hoppy, bitter, add break character, citrus, and pine notes. You're gonna hate this one totally. Where does it say? It says, 
Carnival Corporation. Would you guys the bartender if these are made on ship? I'm not saying no, but. Doesn't say where it's made. Oh, wait, wait. Brewed in Lakeland, Florida by well, Carnival Cruise Line. Never mind. It's not made on ship. Brewed in Lakeland, Florida. There you go. <laughs> Cheers. This is the uh, West Coast IPA. It smells West Coast IPA. It's got kind of a, a little bit of dank to it. A little bit, but it's grapefruity. It's citrusy for sure. Wow. This tastes like you bit right into a grapefruit yep. peel. It's, it's actually not bad. If you're an IPA lover, uh, Cruz would love this one. Yeah, it's not my jam. Just not my... That would fight a cigar all day long. Yep. Whenever I thought I'd give shots out, this isn't what I thought it would be. what you're expecting. <laughs> all right. All right, last one in the line. Wait, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get close to the mic. You're the man, sir. You know, hey, let me pour this one. Yeah, that, that is pale. Yeah. Caribbean wheat. You know, I like a lot of wheat beers. And you know, wheat is not my favorite style of beer. There's a few I like. There's a few that are amazing. Celis White. Um, Nose on this is fantastic, yeah. though. Yeah, it smells pretty nice. What's your flavor on it? Not what I expected at all. Yeah. There's a smoky. It, t- it tastes like a smoky grilled banana. That's a bizarre few flavors. It's, Pretty sure this is not my favorite of their beers. Uh, no, I. You know, I'm not an IPA guy, and I like the IPA way more than this. I didn't like the IPA. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this tastes like a. It's like, like a smoky grilled plantain or something. So by far, uh, I give the uh, pumpkin. The, the pumpkin wins IPA second. I'm not sure about this Caribbean wheat. You know, what's, what, does it, what does it say about it? Oh, this one's got a long stuff on it. Yeah. Um, live long to the full. Live life to the fullest with the island-inspired thirsty frog brews. Uh, meat red and little red tree frog. Big personality. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know where to say anything about this beer. No. I guess he's a little, little red, red tree frog, frog climbing on a that weed. Is, that is cute, though. Yeah. He's climbing on a weed. Yeah, this one, not so much. Yeah, I'm the IPA is pretty good, actually. Yeah. And the pumpkin ale is pretty good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. We'll be at Alchemy Bar. At yeah, yeah, point. we're going to do a couple more here on the uh, ship, Alchemy Bar and a couple others. So, y'all stay easy. Drink a lot. Cheers, y'all. Ciao. Well, at least you're honest. That's that's <laughs> what you know, uh, and, and I appreciate that. It was it was special. It was so we had a lot of fun anyway. You know, and we yeah. had fun doing that uh, uh, segment anyway. So I thought I thought it was worth it to have one done on the trip. So I'm gonna and, I want to give you another opportunity to be. I, honest I brought here. just so you know on that on that boat. Yeah, I brought forty cigars. How many did you? Uh, uh, I, I smoked at least, but I didn't actually count them, at least half of them. <laughs> nice. Well, if you can't smoke on a cruise, win can you, right? It was a five-day trip. Yeah. My my buddy Dave, uh, he uh, uh, loves to go on the like the blues cruise uh, type oh, thing. Yeah, and yeah. He's a big cigar guy. And he wound up like smoking a cigar with Buddy Guy. 
Oh, that's badass. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not, buddy guy. Yeah, man. not a bad thing. I've so. seen Buddy Guy live a few times, man. He's, he's, he's so phenomenal. good. I saw him with Coco Taylor one time at the oh, Arena Theater. Wow. How great was what that? What a great show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, on fantastic. my birthday. It was actually on my birthday night, too. Yeah. Well, very cool. It doesn't get much better than that. Love it. Well, speaking of uh, uh, things you might or might not like, it's time for the mystery beverage. And uh, this is the segment of the show where we bring you a uh, beverage that only one of us, the person who brought it in, knows anything about it uh, and pours it, and we do it kind of sight unseen. So you can tell me. It smells like raisin datey kind of thing. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can tell me what you think about this. I, I will say, because I don't think beer I'm looking giving thing. anything away, yep. I was going to say it looks like a beer. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. On the nose, you're right. Raisin and date. Oh. What is happening there? Oh, wow. The taste. And brown sugar. And chocolate. And something. Oh, wow. Brown sugar. Mm-hmm. That has way mm. more complex flavor than the nose. This this almost has a rum flavor. Is there a little heat there, too, though? It seems like it. On the finish? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like ginger like ginger heat on the finish. Like, mm-hmm. like there's ginger in there of some sort. Maybe a little cinnamon? I'm thinking more Marianne, but yes. <laughs> um, Are you saying she was hotter than Ginger? Oh, Marianne was way hotter than Ginger. That, that's, that's been well established. I don't even need to argue that point. Let me grab the, uh, this came out of a bottle. Let me grab the bottle and show you what we're dealing with. Here. All right. I can't wait to see what's happening here. I think you may be surprised I'm a little on confused about it. I, I don't hate this, it. This is from one of our absolute favorite brewers, Founders. It's so interesting. Founders does a bottle shop series where they do like a limited release, and the the label is always the same except in this little part here, they put um, what it is. So I bought this thinking we'd taste it on the show because it's a mango magnifico. Wow. I thought we love Founders. That sounds great. Wasn't until I got it home. I bought a four pack of these. Wasn't until I got it home that I read here on the side. Um, Mango ale with habanero peppers. I was gonna say, oh, that's the spice. It's got a spice to it. Yeah, when you you said mango, I thought there's gonna be some spice. Do you like it? Uh, You know, I don't hate it. Like, it's interesting. It's fun. I keep drinking it. Pale ale with. I usually don't like spicy drinks. Yeah, yeah. It would pair nice with some something spicy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't usually like heat in my beer, but in this case, it's it's pretty interesting. I think I could drink these. Yeah. Got to love founders, though. Those guys know what's going on. All right, we got a lot to do on today's show, including, by the way, as we uh, do uh, the first show we've done since the Super Bowl, uh, we're going to give you the ultimate guide to pairing beer and chicken wings. Because, after all, football season kicks off in just a few months. So uh, we'll be right. right back with more of that. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. The craft beer we're tasting as our mystery beverage is this uh, one from Founders. I, I'm still drinking mine. Like, so I that's can't, interesting. I can't stop drinking it. Usually by this time with the mystery beverage, I'd say eight out of ten times we've stopped drinking it at this point. It is sticky, and it has stuff floating in it. Mm-hmm. It says um, all of which Mango is kind Mano- of Magnifico's right down delicate sweetness. They <laughs> call it a delicate sweetness. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I go with that. I'm but, not sure um, that I understand what they mean by delicate. There is um, is uh, punctuated perfectly by the heat of habanero peppers. Proof that the that fruit beer does not have to uh, be one note. This high gravity ale is an entire sensory statement waiting to be uncapped. Well. 
I, you know, I kind of get the mango. It's like a mango tamarind kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I, I would say it's it's edible. In other words, I can drink it, but I don't think I would ever buy it again. It's, it's and an interesting. Making bottle. it it's the first fun. thing from Founders that I would not <laughs> be a repeat. Founders uh, is great. Yeah, because they, well, that's the reason I bought it. I didn't know about the habanero. I feel like it might go good with street tacos. Maybe, mm. maybe. Ian, did you have an opportunity to smoke anything interesting? I know you were on the cruise, so you smoked like uh, <laughs> well, I told you a bunch I brought, of cigars. I brought forty cigars with me. I made it through at least half of them on mm-hmm. a cruise. He booked a non-smoking cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Why go? Uh, so yes, I, I, I picked up a uh, Dunbarton Popetta. Have you seen Ooh, this? I have not. It's tiny. It's four by forty-eight. Well, look at it right up there. Ooh, yeah, it's wow, in this that picture. is small. You're right. Wow. Like when you, well, I mean, my hands are kind of large too, but you know, you know, by comparison, this is a uh, well. So this is obviously is Dunbarton, um, and I'm going to read what uh, Half Wheel says about this because I didn't want to, uh, you know, copy all this down myself. So Half Wheel says, "Cigar is four by forty-eight Violetta that has mixed fillers. It's a mixed filler cigar, meaning it has a wrapper and binder like a typical cigar, but the filler is uh, smaller cuts of tobacco instead of the long fillers that are used mm, for a typical okay. cigar." Yeah, okay. So uh, for, makes it less expensive, right? Right. For for Pulpetta, the company used broadleaf cuts from the Mikiera and uh, Mikiera Chiqui Traca, um, and Umagog and Red Meat Lovers lines, along with the two longleaf fillers, uh, a Mexican San Andreas binder, and a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. So that's just setting up what I got in my hand here that I'm about to smoke. Um, the uh, the appearance on this medium brown wrapper, oily, veiny, firm overall, really pretty cigar. Prelight sniff on this earth and leather with a touch of coffee at the foot. Prelight draw, perfect punch on this. By the way, mm. look at the picture there. Yeah, sweet mocha and earth with a touch of coffee. The initial light tangy pepper blast, spicy and nutty going on in here. The first third sweet mocha and spicy pepper act like yin and yang, a beautiful balance, both present without overtaking each other. Dense smoke, perfect for smoke rings. Retrohale is spicy and woody, solid ash, good burn. The second third of this nutty and woody notes emerge between the spicy and the sweet, a walnut shell note and something between cedar and hickory on the woody side um, coming through. Retrohale is spicy and woody, solid ash. The last third of this cigar, spicy notes back down a little bit, leaving sweet mocha, walnut shell, and woody tones. Uh, Retrohale is spicy and woody, solid ash, perfect burn at the end of this. 40-minute smoke time, price to quality. At $7.30, I give it a solid six. This was a fantastic wow. cigar. Wow, and for a mixed filler cigar, that's a, uh, that's a great rating. Yeah, I know. It was, it because was great. It, it wasn't like it was 40 a, minutes. It wasn't like it was a $4 cigar. Was, I mean, seven's not a lot, but... Yeah, a four-inch cigar smoking for 40 minutes, pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah that sounds interesting. And not I even will, a huge ring gauge, either. So. I will have to check that out. I'll tell you about uh, what I smoked this week coming up in our next segment. Um, I smoked a cigar from E.H. Taylor. Yes, the whiskey people. E.H. Taylor, the whiskey people. Mm-hmm. So I'll uh, tell you about that coming up. Uh, plus, we will be uh, doing some interesting tasting today from here in our hometown of Houston. True Anomaly Brewing will be trying their El Comandante. Their it's a Spanish lager from the boys nice. at True Anomaly. So we'll be trying that. Plus, from Alaskan Brewing Company, their hazy IPA called Juno Juice. Nice. And then from Equilibrium Brewery. Barrel-aged Higgy Time. It's an imperial stout that we'll be trying as well. And <laughs> as if that it. weren't enough, a rum from India. It's the Old Monk, the Legend. Very old, vatted rum. Nice. We'll be getting to all of that, plus drinking news, all coming up. It's smoking and Toastin'. Thank you for being here for the show.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 367. I'm Cruz. That's Ian Barry. On the wheels of steel is Terry Michaels. Thank you, Terry, for engineering the show for us today. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to uh, mention, by the way, that uh, Ian forgot his ukulele today. But never fear, because we have a recording of... The drinking news theme song that we'll be able to play. I would so we prefer can still to say that I strategically ad- omitted it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, maybe you can just sort of hum a little uh, music while I give you our drinking news teaser headline for today. Mm-hmm. Our drinking news teaser headline for the show. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Oh, no. What's going <laughs> so on there? We'll look forward to that. You know monkeys Come throw on. poo. I love talking about monkeys. <laughs> I do. I, I'm, I'm fa- as I will tell you in the drinking news segment, I have always been fascinated by monkeys. I love them. I love them. So let me tell you about the cigar that I had this week. It was the E.H. Taylor Corojo Toro Gordo. And so, yes, this cigar does come from the people who make E.H. Taylor bourbon, which is the Buffalo Trace Distillery. You've heard of them, I suppose. Uh, the distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky, is also home to well-sought-after and uh, decorated brands like Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, Pappy Van Winkle, and Weller, all of which are considered to be top-notch oh, whiskeys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that would set the bar pretty high, then, for an E.H. Taylor cigar, except for one little thing. So far, most of the cigars that I have tried that are connected to a particular brand of whiskey or bourbon have been, let's just say, a little underwhelming. Yeah, a little okay. bit. That said, the E.H. Taylor Corojo is beautiful. You can see mine here. It was nice and smooth with a pigtail cap, and it was covered in an oily Corojo wrapper with a binder that's Nicaraguan and a filler tobacco from the Dominican Republic. I twisted off the pigtail cap and then wished that I hadn't because it— Pulled a little extra piece of the wrapper tobacco or the cap away a little bit further than I like. So my advice, if you smoke this one, clip the cap or, you know, maybe punch out over mm-hmm. the pigtail. In any case, turns out that wasn't too problematic for me. I was able to, te- to detect a cedar and earth on the pre-light sniff and the cold draw, along with some subtle spices. I lit the E.H. Taylor and no initial pepper blast, Mm-mm. which made sense since the filler is Dominican. As it burned through the first third, I got cedar, which I was kind of expecting from the pre-light, but also leather and a bit of citrus zest. The burn started out a little uneven, so I gave it an early touch-up with the lighter to see if it burned properly the rest of the way down. The Corojo wrapper gave the cigar a distinct spice and sweetness, almost like a rye whiskey kind of uh, Mm -hmm. spice. Uh, Second third added a note of toasted almonds, and a creamy quality became noticeable as well. The note that remained uh, consistent throughout the entire experience was definitely cedar. And by the final third, sometimes the rye spice and then sometimes the creamier sweetness would threaten to kind of take over the top flavor, but never quite became as dominant as the cedar. Now, here's the thing. I wish I could say better things about the burn. The E.H. Taylor struggled to burn evenly. It required multiple touch-ups. But at least in the beginning, I thought about giving it a pass to some degree because I feel like I've had that problem a number of times on cigars with Corojo wrappers. They just don't seem, in my experience, to burn quite as evenly. seems Mm. tougher uh, to get them to burn correctly on a consistent basis. Flavor-wise, very enjoyable. But I wouldn't feel right about reviewing an E.H. Taylor cigar without pairing it with a bourbon. 
What on earth would you pair it with, though? Well, around the halfway point, I decided I really should do that, that this would be incomplete if I didn't. So I go to my bar, and as it turns out, even though I have a lot more whiskeys in my bar than I used to, I didn't have any E.H. Taylor. In fairness, it can be a little hard to find. It right? is a little hard to find. Mm -hmm. So I used to have a bottle of Buffalo Trace, but I finished that off a long time ago. Mm. I don't have any Pappy or any Weller. And I had a bottle of Eagle Rare that Ian gave me for Christmas, but that was Christmas, and this is February, and it was Eagle Rare, so that baby is long <laughs> gone. <laughs> gone. Yeah. So since I didn't have a single bourbon that comes out of that distillery, I wound up pay pairing the E.H. Taylor Corojo Toro Gordo with some Maker's Mark 46, and you know what? They were great together. There's nothing wrong with yeah. Maker's Mark 46. Really complimented each other. Brought out an apple note in the cigar and a maple note in the Maker's. And I have a feeling that my now-empty bottle of Eagle Rare would have paired up even better. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that not pairing with everything. Honestly, it's a bit hard to, uh, for me to give this one a grade. I do recommend that anyone try it who wants to pair a cigar with bourbon. This is just a wonderful way to pair. Uh, it was a delightful experience. But I do have a really tough time, as you'll see in some of these pictures, getting past the burn issue. It's hard for me to give this a five because of how much I had to tend it in order to correct the burn mm. just constantly. And how much better that I think the cigar might have tasted if I hadn't had to keep using the lighter on right. it. Uh, ultimately, I would totally smoke this one again. I would. I'd be hoping for a better burn, but I would certainly give it another try. The E.H. Taylor Corojo Toro Gordo is a $13 cigar. That's not too outrageous. Yeah, but at that price, the burn keeps it from being worth what I paid right. for it. Mm. Uh, so even though I would still recommend that you try it for the experience, price to quality will be a 4 for the E.H. Taylor mm. Corojo Those of you just Gordo. joining us, our price to quality works on a scale of... Uh, one to ten, and five is exactly what you, you're getting. Exactly what you paid for. If this was a six dollar, maybe even a seven dollar cigar, I might have looked past the burn issues and given it uh, a five. Uh, but as you can see from these pictures, I mean, it, it wasn't just a slight burn issue. It was. It was, it was, it was constant. Issues. Yeah, it was constant. So uh, again, you can keep touching it up, but every time you now do the question that, is, is that is that particular cigar um, uh, uh, aged in? E.H. Taylor barrels, or is it just I, made to I, pair with It's e. made Taylor. to pair, is my understanding. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it didn't have any sort of, like, whiskey barrel. Because mm -hmm. I've had those, like some of the Camachos that are aged in whiskey barrels. Right. And it right. didn't have any of the flavors that those kind of impart. Uh, so. The um, uh, Diesel Whiskey Row Series, yeah. too, has, mm -hmm. has a, they're, they're a pretty and good I, And cigar. I enjoy those, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but in this case, it was more just a straight-ahead Corojo wrapper cigar. Uh, and, and again... The, the flavors were quite good and really good with the bourbon. Mm -hmm. Really good. So uh, worth trying, especially if you're like in the early stages of trying to learn how to pair things. Uh, because this one, I feel like you could pair it with just about any bourbon and it would probably right, work. Right, right. Uh, because that's what it was uh, designed for. So anyway, there you go. That's my review. Now we move to a beer. And I know we have a shot of this that Terry took for the B-roll. But this is a Spanish lager. From our friends at True Anomaly Brewing, it's called El Comandante, and it, it also says up here Axiom Space. I'm not sure quite what that means. Did you read the uh, read the can? Do you know who we're dealing with, who the gentleman is on the well, can? Well, it doesn't the say— The first one of their beers that had a person on it, by the it way. It doesn't say anything about him. Uh, it just has a picture of a gentleman, and it says Michael Lopez— You read that on his name tag, right? Yeah, I'm reading it on his name tag, and the last part of it is— uh, 
a little tough to read. Well, it's a but, Spanish uh, lager, and we already know these guys make a because uh, Scout isn't Scout a Spanish lager? Scout, yeah, they call it a Mexican lager. Mexican lager, yeah. yes. And and it is a, a true anomaly beer that is absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we've had them on the show before, but at that time they didn't this is have good. this one. This is a crispier uh, version of yeah. that. I, I if I was going to pick one or two, I'd pick the Scout again because I really like the the uh, richness and a little sweetness. This is a little bit uh, crispier, a little more bite. Mm-hmm. To it, uh, especially on the finish, also a good beer. What uh, what kind of flavors do you get in here? Uh, I'm getting. I get a real wheat flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm getting um, that real hop Christmas and a little bit of apple, mm-hmm. like apple. green apple. I was yeah. going to say apple too, but uh, uh, I wasn't like, absolutely like sure. Bitter but yes. green apple in a good right, way, like a Granny yeah. Smith type mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, uh, green apple. Yeah, For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I even get that a little on the nose. Correct. It's pretty refreshing, though. I'm spilling it on myself. That uh, that always makes it taste <laughs> better. Uh, it is, That's for my homies. My, 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 my yeah. past homies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. I don't know that I like it better than Scout. Scout is just so good. It's it's uh, hard to top. Yeah. No. This is a good beer. I I would certainly not be upset if someone handed me a glass of this. It's a good beer. It's nice. It's crisp. And I think that there's there's people out there that would like this more than Scout because of the crispiness. But a little too it really long. has that uh, really has that uh, bitter snap finish that just kind of cleans up and goes away. It's been a little too long since I've been over to True Anomaly, and they're walking distance from my house, which that's, is that's awesome. Shame on you. Sir. Yeah. And so I need to go back. <laughs> Bad cruise. because I think this would probably be. Absolutely delicious, right out of the tap. <laughs> I'm sure it would. You know, yeah. you just have that extra bit of yeah. freshness to it. True mm. mm. Anomaly does such great beers, though. They like, really do. They and do so many fun. One ones. of the things I love about them is they don't come out with a new beer like every other day. They they really seem to plan what they're going to do when they bring something new to the market. Are they always uh, on their tap wall. They always have uh, a few different Belgium style beers too, right. which, and they're which you good. don't see that a lot of places. You'll see mm-hmm. one, maybe like they'll, they'll put out one Belgium style, something, but they'll have two or three different ones. Um, by usually the way, on their tap wall, we honored you on last week's show. Oh yeah. By having all really big beers. I think, the, I think you wait the, till I leave. I looked. I think the lowest one was eight percent. So that'll yeah. teach you to take a vacation. By the way, yeah. I think you would have really dug some of these beers. The the stout was a uh, an espresso martini stout yes. from Prairie Artisan Ales oh, that was just hell. thick yes. and and you know viscous and and wonderful. I bet that was yes. good. Yeah, it it was good. I, I, I even Mark. Was so impressed. I was on yeah. the boat. We had the drink package, so you can have up to fifteen drinks a day. Uh, at a, at a price value of up to twenty dollars. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and fifteen drinks a day, you know, just the number itself doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. Like I yeah. only hit oh, that yeah, limit sure. once, and sure. that was intentionally trying to hit the limit. <laughs> I was like, I can do and this. I didn't drink. Last I can do this. I can do I'm this. I'm here. I'm yeah. here to do it. Well, they have a lot of like fruity mixed Go, drinks, yeah. right? So Go I drank a few of those, and then immediately got like heartburn, pineapple, or something. Oh yeah. And uh, and I was like, you know what? Heck with this. So the second day. I I go up to the same bar, and there's the super nice lady there. She's like, Ian, you're back. I was like, you were here last night when I left. Did you ever get any sleep? But um, she's like, what do you want today? And I looked at the bar, and I said, is that Florida Kanye 18 behind you? And she goes, it is. I said, I want that with two chips of ice. And so the entire rest of my trip, all of my drinks were either whiskey 
or Florida Kanye 18. Nice. Florida Kanye 18 is so and good. And I drank them out of that bottle at that bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting how the Florida Kanye 18 compares with well, the rum we're going to be trying on today. It's great show. with cigars, oh, by the way. No, it really is. Uh, no, but but like, down, like if I wanted to go a little further, there was another bar uh, down further in the ship away from the smoking area. But you could get Blanton's. Oh wow! At, at oh. the same, at the same thing. So that's know? where all the Blantons went. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Okay, and Woodford continue. was another one they had. So wow. I was, I was, that's what I was drinking all week. Well, it'll be interesting to me uh, since you've just had the Florida Kanye 18, and that's fresh in your mind. Uh, how it compares with today's rum, which is the Old Monk, uh, the legend. They describe it as a very old, vatted rum, and it's from India. Never had rum from India. Before. This fellow's been staring India. at me the whole yeah, show. Yeah, in fact, he is giving you quite the <laughs> well, stare. Well, it, it's, it's in the shape of a guy's head, who it I is. assume is the old monk. Yeah. Oh, so, I can't see the bottle from here. It is in the yeah, shape of a guy's head. That's what I'm saying. It's literally staring at <laughs> me. Yeah, here. Well, go ahead and hand it to me so we can show this to the camera. Uh, in the face. The old monk right there. Like it's just sitting right here in front of me as you can. So that should be interesting. I've seen some. I've seen some vodka come in some odd-shaped, uh, yes. uh, uh, odd-shaped bottles, yeah, yes. and and tequila. Not as much rum, though. Well, yeah. you, you don't I've never seen exactly. rum come in a person's head. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's gonna like, be interesting. Like one of the old priests at school at my high school at St. Thomas, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's, exactly. So eventually, this old monk's gonna be empty-headed. Yes, he yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> He'll lose his head at some point. What is yeah. what is happening to us? Yeah, uh, I don't know, but I, it, it, nothing good. I can tell you that. Uh, cigar makers are uh, a whole bunch of them celebrating the Lunar New Year. This is the Year of the Dragon, mm-hmm. and so I'll talk to you a little bit about some of the Year of the Dragon cigars mm-hmm. that are. Uh, that are coming out and that are out already. Plus, the complete guide, the ultimate guide, to pairing beer and chicken wings. That is coming up on the show. We'll have that to look forward to. And I know, so at the time we're uh, recording the show, we just had the Super Bowl. And uh, at the time the show airs, the you know the Super Bowl will have been about a week ago. So and Taylor uh, won. Yeah, and that's it, what's yeah, good. Taylor Swift won. Taylor saw, won. Just yes. just to put, I saw today someone post on on Instagram a Taylor Swifty. They had this picture of Taylor Swift with like the 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 Kansas City in the in the back. Mm-hmm. And I and I texted him back. I said, I'm sure that team that worked really hard all year to win that Super Bowl is appreciative of someone making a graphic where Taylor Swift gets to take credit yeah, for right. winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I love I love all of this the stuff that was swirling around because people were saying, oh, Travis Kelsey's going to propose to her on stage no. at halftime, and she's going to endorse uh, uh, Joe Biden for president. None, none of which happened. But also, she was supposed to be the curse, right? Travis Kelsey, her boyfriend, oh, yeah, yeah. the tight end for the Chiefs, was supposed to like be, you know, she was supposed to be cursing him, and they weren't going to have a successful season. Yeah, they yeah. just won the Super Bowl. Man, That's did you all. see that 49er crunch against Chris? Kelsey's shoulder. Oh man! And that one. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. That poor guy. Yeah, his but shoulder anyway, just crumpled. One of the most important aspects of the Super Bowl to me has nothing to do with who's playing, and it's all about beer and chicken wings. Yes. So even though the Super Bowl is passed, there'll be another one before you know it, and we will give you the ultimate guide to pairing beer and chicken wings. Which, by the way, I did some of. Uh, during the big game. So we'll get to all of that coming up, plus uh, cigars to watch for and drinking news. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. We'll be getting to that. Coming up, it's Smoking Toasting.
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We're so glad to have you here for program number 367. And uh, so now that we've taken the old monk rum out of the box, <laughs> I feel like his eyes are following us. Uh, he's like, like one uh, of those things at the he's a little Haunted judgy, Mansion. Isn't he? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, like one of the things at Disney's, at Disney's Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Mansion that just That's follows awesome. along with you as you're walking. Well, as Ian's pouring the beer, let me take this moment to welcome all of you, not just to Smoking and Toasting, but to the Year of the Dragon. It's hard to believe that it's here. In fact, I'm still writing Year of the Rabbit on my checks. That's right. <laughs> I guess I need to discard that joke. I don't think I've actually written a check since I was also carrying around a Blackberry with me everywhere. So. A Blackberry. Uh, yeah. But cigar makers are getting Your into personal the... Personal data assistant? <laughs> yes. Cigar makers are getting into the celebration of the Lunar New Year and the newly ushered in Year of the Dragon in a big way. Davidoff returns with another expensive smoke. Wait, what? The Davidoff Year of the Dragon. Now you said Davidoff twice in a row. You already owe him like 50 cents. It features eight different tobaccos aged for a total of 60 years. Expect to pay $79 per cigar, which does include, by the way, the Davidoff tax. <laughs> yes. Just so you know. And Placencia is about to begin shipping their Year of the Dragon entry. It's a six and a quarter by 54 torpedo that is made entirely of tobacco grown by the Placencia family in Nicaragua. The MSRP is set at $45 per See, cigar. I will try that one. And production's limited to 3,000 boxes of 10 cigars I will, each. I will probably pick one of those up. I, Placencia is so good. Yeah. And it, I've seen a picture of it. Boy, is it a good looking I'm cigar. just saying, their $20 cigar is worth every bit of $20. Rocky Patel Year of the Dragon is a limited edition one size line packed in bold red and gold boxes. It uh, made its debut at the, or will make its debut rather, at the PCA trade show in March. Shipping is expected in April. These cigars are Toros, six and a half by 52, and nearly the entire wrapper leaf as Rocky's been doing a lot lately, is covered by dual red bands with Aww. dragons on them that adorn the cigar. It's a limited production around only 6,000 boxes. They will sell for $35 per cigar. I'll try one of those. Available in the U.S. and around the world. It's described as medium to full-bodied, <coughs> uses two binder leaves, one grown in the Hamastran Valley of Honduras and the other in Nicaragua. The filler is entirely Nicaraguan, and the wrapper is from the San Andres Valley of Mexico. That's hard to get All, wrong with yeah, that. All sounds really, really good. <coughs> the Vega Fina Year of the Dragon is now available as well. It's a cigar blended by the Grupo de Maestros of Tabacalera de Garcia using Ecuadorian wrapper, a Nicaraguan binder, and fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The uh, Grupo de Maestros of Tabacalera de Garcia, that's Spanish for Grupo of Maestros of Tabacalera de Garcia. Nailed it. Okay. And uh, these cigars will be a little more affordable for the Year of the Dragon. They're 15 bucks per stick. Nice. And then there's Punch. Their I was going to say, Punch has got to be in there somewhere. Yeah, their Year of the Dragon commemorative stick is called the Punch Dragon Fire. It is a 5 by 60 short gordo, which the company says is made to mimic the uh, casing of a firework. Uh, the blend used a Mexican wrapper over a binder from Condego, Nicaragua, and fillers from the Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Nicaragua. It's even more affordable at about $9 oh, per wow. cigar. And I'm sure there will be others, but I'll wrap up this report with one that's a little more elusive. The Oliva. Year of the Dragon is a seasonal set of Churchills that Oliva is offering exclusively through China duty-free shops. 
Oliva's Year of the Dragon cigars are made in Nicaragua, Ecuador and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. The decorative dragon motifs are found on the boxes and on the footbands of every Churchill size smoke in the box. Each set, each box will be priced at $350, which means they cost the same at the Rockies, about $35 per cigar. Mm-hmm. But only 1,500 boxes are being released. <clears throat> oh, wow. And again, they are only available in duty-free shops in China. So next time I fly to China, I'll grab you some of these. And just for perspective, I've never actually been to China. So there's that. Anyway, happy Year of the Dragon, everybody. There you go. <laughs> uh, Ian, you have poured us some Juno juice. This is from Alaskan Brewing. We only have a moment left in this uh, segment, but they are based out of Juno. This is a hazy IPA. It's about 6.8% alcohol by volume, and you've already tasted it. Your thoughts, sir? Fruity. It's mm. actually fruity and delicious. Mm. Mm. It's real good. The finish is quite possibly mm. one of so, the best like IPA nice. finishes. I'm now fascinated with Alaska because I've been watching uh, True Detective Night Country on HBO. And this year's, uh, it's an anthology series, so every year's a different story, different characters and uh-huh. all that. Uh, this year it's set in uh, the remote northernmost part of Alaska. Uh. And it's really, really good. But it's basically where... The sun doesn't come up for like three months, mm. and that's the time period that it's set in. So it's perpetual darkness and snow. It's really creepy. Remember that and movie Insomnia? It is. That? Yeah, it is as creepy yeah. as this is good. This is a delicious. This is really really hazy nice. IPA. Uh, it doesn't look that fancy, <clears throat> but that's all right because they're covered in snow most of the time. Alaskan brewing Juno juice. We'll talk a little mm. more about this when we come back. Drinking news is on the way as well. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Dustin. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And in this next segment, it's also about chicken wings. Chicken wings. Yeah, baby. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ahead of this rum thing. Okay. You're going to get ahead? Ahead of the rum? Just... Um, Can we get ahead yeah. on pouring the rum? <laughs> this is so wrong on so many levels. Uh, so, if you're pairing beer and chicken wings... This guy's coming unscrewed. <laughs> He's got a screw loose. I hope his brains don't pour out. Um, so, the popular notion about beer and chicken wings for years has been that a light lager would pair with any uh, wing. And I'd just like to mention, I would pair the... Um, the Mexican, uh, uh, the Spanish lager that we had today with wings, I think that would go very well. Agreed. The crispness yes. of uh, of uh, this of a lager, and you don't have to go. Uh, and let me just say this, folks: you don't have to have a Budweiser or a Miller to enjoy a good lager beer. There are so many great. We've had so many of them on the show over the past year, as so many craft breweries have gone into trying to really perfect. The craft lager or the oh, craft yeah, pilsner, yeah. and there's been so many good ones. So, uh, but in this day and age, there are just as many, if not more, wing sauces and marinades as there are beer styles. So, uh, no need to limit your options to macro brews. Uh, if you happen to be eyeing up a tray of jerk style drumsticks, uh, we got we got a pairing for you. If you want to do different kind of barbecue, uh, we got that too. So let's let's get into this just a little bit. And this is uh, from an article in Vine Pair. So I can trust these guys to be pretty mm. pretty on it, right? So let's say a deep-fried chicken wing. Any crispy wing calls for an equally crisp beverage. So a no-frills crushable macro lager is what most people might reach for with deep-fried chicken. But I would suggest 
going more with a uh, a non-macro lager, and I'm thinking about something like um, Fat Tire. Fat Tire is a great choice. Mm. Yeah, great choice. Or even some of the lagers that we've had. I, I, I'm going to bring this in in uh, probably a week or so, uh, but there's a great lager that I've been able to sample uh, from Odell's that is just absolutely fabulous. It's just got such wonderful crispness to it. And so we'll get to that. But I would recommend going with a really premium um, craft lager if you're doing just straight mm -hmm. up battered uh, deep fried chicken wings. Now, <clears throat> if you got jerk chicken wings, uh, the suggestion from Vine Pear is a stout or a porter. Jerk is the flagship spice uh, blend from Jamaica. It's very complex, often contains over 10 different spices, uh, usually cinnamon, nutmeg, brown sugar, and clove, along with another a number of other components. So what better beer style to stand up to the heat while hyping up the sweeter, nuttier side of jerk than a smooth stout or a smooth porter with a, the yeah. undertones of coffee mm -hmm. and chocolate and dried fruit. You could a maybe even get away with uh, like a ESB. Like yes, that. absolutely. Yeah, now, man. for a barbecue <clears throat> wing, which that's what I had during the Super Bowl, uh, we picked up barbecue from uh, Papa's Barbecue in uh, mm -hmm. Houston. And Did let you me get just the say, wings and ribs? Oh, my God, yes. That's exactly That's what, what I got yesterday. The wings and ribs. The wings <laughs> and ribs are <laughs> so good. I got the habanero so and the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, they uh, suggested Vine Pear uh, to use brown ales. The less burly brother of stouts, if you're having barbecue. It's a relatively wide category from, uh, you know, sweet and lower ABVs to things that are more malty, hoppy, and assertive. But no matter where a brown ale lands on the spectrum, they say, the subtle sweetness and bready malt character are prime contenders for the taming of the tang of barbecue sauce. The taming of the tang. <laughs> now, for <laughs> buffalo wings, they recommend pale ales and IPAs. Buffalo Wings, that. they said, have developed one of the most loyal fan bases in the wing world. Why this is, they can't say for sure, but there's definitely an audience for their spicy, buttery, and vinegar-laced kick. That's where ales, pale ales and IPAs come in. Their bitterness, their bouquet of pine, fruit, and florid aromas help settle the acidic score, especially when there's no ranch or blue cheese available. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for honey garlic wings, they recommend a Belgian double. A Belgian double, essentially a stronger brown ale invented by the Belgian monks at the West Mali Abbey Monastery in the mid-1800s. Low bitterness, slightly spicy character, yeast-driven, pairs very well, they say, with honey garlic mm. wings. For lemon pepper, they recommend Saison or Berlinerweiss. And I'm not... I'm not sure about the Berliner Weiss. Yeah, uh, well, Cezanne, I guess... Saison, I can see. I can totally see. Yeah, it. I mean, you know... They say some of the pairings are designed to be the beer yin to the wings yang. Uh, but Saison's and Berliner Weisses lean into the flavors of lemon pepper wings, but in a good way, they say. So, uh, I'd have to try that. That might flavors. be one of those just surprising things that works. Yeah, absolutely. For mango habanero, isn't that what we had to yes. open the show? Yes. Uh, you can have a mango habanero beer. Yeah, well, they recommend uh, with mango habanero <sighs> wings to try a Vienna lager. Because they're floral and bright and bready and clean, and they have a relatively low level of uh, bitterness. Yeah, there you go. Garlic Parmesan wings. That's what I've been waiting for. That's the one I've been waiting Pilsner, for. Pilsner, baby, Pilsner, okay. they say. Yeah. They're resoundingly light and garlic and Parmesan, sweet and salty. And the this is making okay. me really hungry for yeah, some no, no, wings. I'm going to go home and eat the leftover wings. Totally. I have some leftover, too. <laughs> they were smoky, and too. A, they and were a, good. Oh, and, and a few ribs. Oh, my God, those ribs. <laughs> they just melt in your mouth. Yeah. If you are in Houston, uh, the Papa's Restaurant 
chain. It's it's a local chain. It's not a big syndicated national outfit. Uh, but they have a, every restaurant in there. You know, they have Cajun seafood. They have Mexican food. Yep. Uh, but the Pappas Barbecue, I'm just it's some of the most outstanding barbecue I've ever really had. Really good. And I've had it all over the place. Uh, for honey mustard wings, they recommend a Marzen. Marzen's land on the rich, full-bodied end of the lager spectrum. They're also darker and a tad sweeter than the Vienna's. Yep. And uh, uh, you know most Oktoberfests are Marzen. Marzen yeah. So that's really good with honey mustard wings. And finally, with teriyaki wings. They recommend a wit beer. A teriyaki sauce, they say, straddles sweet and savory with soy, garlic, and ginger, bringing an umami profile into the or mix. Or even a rice beer. Yeah, whether or not the high wheat content of wit beer actually contains orange peel like Blue Moon and coriander like Allagash White, most wit beers tend to capture citrusy, spicy aromas with enough brightness to stand up against the richness and complexity mm-hmm. of any teriyaki style glaze. What I love about this whole list. It is extremely unpretentious because sometimes, you know, when you're talking to beer snobs and they're, you know, got the pinky lifted and they're, <laughs> right. they're only pairing it with, uh, you know, with uh, restaurants that are like $58 a plate and, yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But this is all about chicken wings, my yeah. friend. Yeah. And believe me, you can spend money on Let me on tell you where wings. you can get some of the best wings in Houston that yeah. exist. Is it a restaurant called Watershed? I have not been there. It's over uh, off of uh, Post Oak in the Meyerland area. And uh, they have smoked wings that are so good, it'll make you take back stuff you didn't even steal. Oh, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm liking this very, very much. They're outrageous. I'm liking this very, very much. All of this article, though, causes me to want to once again shed light on what I think is one of the greatest tragedies of chain restaurants in our time. And that is the fact that Buffalo Wild Wings, known for their crazy assortment of different kind of wings that mm-hmm. you can order, have such an absolutely horrible beer list. They've got all these taps. <laughs> and there's only a couple of them that How are can even... you have they, all, they have something like 30 taps. Yeah, and, and, and they have like two, two good beers, beers that yeah. you can drink. Sam Adams, uh, Boston Lager, uh-huh. and maybe... And occasionally a local seasonal. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, you know, com- the wings are pretty good there. I will admit that. But the absence of a real beer selection... Combined with the sticky floors, I just go elsewhere for my wings. Yeah, so the service, like, the last couple times I went to the one that I usually go to, the service has been like, what is going on yeah, here? Yeah, so it's one of those franchises where they're not doing enough uh, uh, check-ins from the grand headquarters. You Something. Know? Yeah. All right. Let, speaking of headquarters, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> not to get ahead of yourself. Here, <laughs> Uh, Cruz is just sitting here with his head in his hands. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to head right on into the rest of this uh, segment and uh, see if we can use our brains to uh, to try some rum. So I will admit, for those of you who missed the earlier part of the show, this this rum is actually in a head-shaped bottle. Yes, yes. And And it's hilarious. If you're listening on audio only, it's a pretty funny-looking head, too. It's the head of an old monk. And uh, so that's that's, – it's worth checking out the uh, video of the show to be able to do it. I have to say, whenever I see a bottle like this, I immediately think gimmick. Oh, yeah. And that kept me from trying Skelly, uh, one of my absolute favorite tequilas, for better part of a year. Because I thought, I love this goofy, you know, skeleton with the sombrero Day of the Dead <laughs> bottle. But that can't be good tequila, right? Turns it's out, amazing. Turns out it's amazing. So what do we think, Ian? About the old monk rum. This is from India, by the way. 
It's it's interesting. It's spicy. Ooh. It's like way spicy on the back end. It's not spicy on the yes. front end. It's very sweet. It's on the finish. Uh, very sweet, but the back end's finish is very spicy. So you get that spicy finish, but then if you mm. like hold for a second, you get a little bit of sweetness that comes back, too, mm. and some maple. I actually think this is surprisingly good. What do you call this kind of hat, the little round thing? A chrome dome? No, no, no. He's wearing a hat. He's, he's wearing a hat. Yeah, he's wearing a little hat. No, that's that's no, his bald head. That, yeah. No, this is his head. It uh, runs up I don't know. I thought he was just bald. No, I, yeah. I is that, I is that something a monk wears? Hat. I've you never been a monk. Like a little yarmulke? Yeah, yeah, like a little, yeah, it looks like that. Monks don't wear yarmulkes. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I a thought maybe me? that was just, I think maybe that's just a comb over in the front. Maybe it is. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because he's rocking some product here. Says, yeah. yeah. On the back of his head, it says Old Monk. So maybe that is a hat. Or maybe he's got a tattoo. I don't know. Do monks get know. tattoos? I don't think they do. But what else have they got to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you're a monk, all you do is like pray and don't eat, right? And don't and, speak. And make, and make beer. Make beer and rum, yeah. apparently. And apparently rum. I got to say, though, this is pretty good. Yeah. It is actually pretty darn good rum. Um, this is... Uh, Bold rum. It's under forty dollars, by the way, for this head-shaped bottle. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying not to makes make you, any more jokes. Makes here. you wonder why they don't shape more bottles in heads or things like well, that. Well, there if are they can some of them out there. Forty dollars. I mean, there you, can get, you can get you can get a crystal skull if you want. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you don't. <laughs> yeah, but you can. Yeah. But you can. I mean, it's there available yeah, yeah. for you. You yeah. don't have to get it. I have a, uh, a friend that I used to work with years ago. That you he would use as a as a, 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 a state of measurement. He would ask if you're saying, "Well, it was pretty big." He would always ask, "Was it bigger than a baby's head?" <laughs> so I'm going to now take that and amend it. Is it bigger than a monk's head? Than a monk's head. Yeah, this is going to be my new statement, my standard of measurement. <laughs> that monk did have a tiny head, apparently. Yeah. 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 But boy, is he creepy. Oh no, no, turn that back around and look at it again. You boy, get is he shot. creepy. Right, yeah. that, no, no, turn it around towards you. That's that. That's that Shakespeare shot. Oh, oh, yeah! I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing there. I am contemplating man's inhumanity to man, and 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 rum. That's that's really. That's a weird reference I, for us. I, I like this Shakespeare or not. I like this. You know? uh, perhaps Was that a fellow? The rum of the bard. I don't know. Uh, it's it's. Uh, it's it is. It's got an interesting. It's bold and it's different than a, a lot of different. It's really a different. Well, rum. it's the first time I've ever had any spirit, quite frankly, from India. Mm -hmm. Much you know, much less any it's, rum. I, any I, kinda, at all. I like the spice. I like the way the spice comes right back at you. It's like it's not an immediate thing. It's on the back mm -hmm. of the palate. And it mm -hmm. just comes right back at you. It's really interesting. It's real sweet right up front. It is. Um, you get the sugar cane. Yes. Up front, you get a, a little spiciness on the finish, and then as you wait. A little bit of that sweet comes back to sort of mingle with the spiciness. I don't. It's very interesting. Quite frankly, very complex for something that you pour out of a guy's yes. head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Uh, you know, maybe one day we should do a show I where feel it's like a, we're tasting his thoughts. A blind taste test of only things that come out of a head-shaped bottle. <laughs> head-shaped. Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> see to see what to see what works to see what wins. You know we're gonna have to get Joel back for that, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We will be right back.
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I was glad that we were able to take a break between uh, segments there because I had to go to the head. So uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I had to go back to the head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's see. North is that way. Southwest. So uh, there's the rock band Head East. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. Oh, Honestly, though, this goodness. old monk, as creepy as the bottle is, this is actually pretty good rum. I'm really enjoying it. <clears throat> I really am. Yeah, what it's do you pretty think? good. Yeah, it's think? pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you said it's under forty dollars. Yeah, I, I want to say it's around thirty-five. And you get that sculpted glass mm-hmm. masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You get to keep that forever. <laughs> you get to keep it. it would, right. Even <laughs> if I threw it out, I would keep it forever. It will haunt my dreams. <laughs> no, what I'm you trying to book out my mind's eye right now. <laughs> what you want to do with this is put something else in it when the rum is gone. You want this in your bar. Yeah. You want people to go. The hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, by the way, speaking of what the hell is this, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, on the final day of January, filed an appeal for the August 2023 court ruling, which vacated their decision to regulate premium cigars. So we're back in this crap again. Oh, good, good. Thanks I'm glad to the FDA. I'm glad we had yeah. it all figured out, and now they're uh, you know sticking them yeah. back through the uh, grinder, back the, through the bureaucracy. The, and, and see, I, honestly, I thought we were done. Like, I thought that was going to be the last word on this. But the court ruling apparently, uh, well, the court ruling that happened in August of last year uh, stemmed from a lawsuit that was fired, filed by the Cigar Association of America, Cigar Rights of America, our good friend Trey Boring is a uh, member mm-hmm. of that group, and the Premium Cigar Association, the PCA. In 2022, Judge Ahmet Mehta issued an opinion examining the rulemaking ref- record and detailing that the F- FDA's failure to address the evidence in the record showing that premium cigars have different usage patterns with different resulting health effects than other cigars and then he later, that same judge later ruled that the FDA's mishandling of significant questions that the FDA itself asked its proposed rule uh, to be uh, merited vacating it. The FDA, he said, never made a non-arbitrary decision to regulate premium cigars. In this appeal, the FDA is urging the court to elevate deference to the agency's, quote, scientific judgment, end quote, over its duty of explanation under the administrative Procedure Act. Now, I realize there's a lot of legalese in here, but basically they're challenging their right to make this unilateral decision, which the judge, Judge Ahmet Mehta, said they don't have. They haven't shown the evidence for it. They've failed to provide enough to suggest that they should be allowed to be the regulatory body over premium cigars. Mm. PCA, of course, said it will be responding to the FDA's arguments and defending the judge's opinion in a forthcoming filing with the D.C. Circuit Court. A hearing before three judges of the appellate court is likely to follow. We will keep you posted. But boy, these guys don't quit. No, they do not. They do not. You know, these people obviously don't smoke cigars. Oh, there's uh, clearly not. No. You know, maybe if they did, they'd chill. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if they sat down for long enough to just, you know what? We sit down and have this one cigar. So I read this article uh, this week that I was going to talk about on the show, and then I decided, yeah, maybe it's a little too confusing to get to it. But the whole point of it was that uh, a guy believed that cigars saved his wife's life, and the reason that that this happened it wasn't you know because she was smoking cigars and it had some health benefit, but it was because he smoked cigars at a cigar lounge 
and there met a uh, a neurosurgeon, and hmm. when his wife was hospitalized with a particular condition, and the doctors couldn't figure it out, he actually had a card from the surgeon that he had met in the cigar lounge, was able to call him, get him involved in his wife's case, and he was able to make a diagnosis. And now the wife has been treated and is fine. So, wow. so there's another great cigar story for you. FDA, wow. put that in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, wait, don't, because you wouldn't appreciate <laughs> it. At least not in California. you get a ticket for it. Exactly. Yeah, wrap your head around that. We're going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting. By the way, he is wearing a hat. Look at the picture on the box. Oh, okay. okay. You may be right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, this this will give us an opportunity to get ahead of that. So we'll be right back. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. So in the last segment, or right at the end of it, or it might have been during the break, Ian looked back at the box of the old uh, monk uh, rum, which comes in this disturbing monk head, and was able to determine from the illustration on the box that he is, in fact, wearing some kind of a hat or head, head cover, covering. Yeah. yeah, so I guess you could say that for us at this point... Not not entirely unlike a well, yarmulke, right? Yeah. Well, for us at this point, the old monk has become old hat. <laughs> Which means, ladies and gentlemen, that it is now officially time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Roberto Rivas Villar on our uh, uh, pre recorded uh, yeah, version. Yeah. So thanks to Terry for clipping that up. We used that last week when you weren't here. Nice. And this week, since you uh, forgot the ukulele, we, we used it again. So. <laughs> well, we take a break this week on drinking news from stories about drinking, from stories about stupid criminals. And stories about Florida. To bring you a story, it's about something that I have been particularly fascinated with for most of my life. Monkeys. That's right. In fact, if Ricky Gervais hadn't beat me to it in his excellent 2005 podcast series, The Ricky Gervais Show, I might just change the name of this week's report to Monkey News. Monkey and by the way, news. if you have not listened to the Ricky Gervais show from 2005. It's a podcast series, about maybe 10, 15 episodes, but every week they do they did monkey news. And it is beautiful and wondrous and a thing that all people should hear and witness for themselves. I, um, yeah, Monkeys uh, throw poo. Yes, they do. I've never had a monkey for a pet. I've had dogs, of course, and cats and fish, and I've shared before the horror story of the time that I adopted Mr. Wheeze, the ferret who pooped his weight every couple of hours. But I've never had a monkey. Mr. Wheeze. Always Holly wanted Shore. one. 
I think it may be a guy thing. You, didn't, you never really hear about women who wax poetic about how cool it would be to have a pet <laughs> monkey, right? But I can imagine, you know, carrying one around on my shoulders, wrestling with him after I come home from work on a hard day, feeding him bananas, you know, all that cool monkey stuff, right? I've always had a soft spot for monkeys in entertainment, too. I mean, who didn't love the late 70s TV series, BJ and the Bear, which <laughs> well, yes. was not about a bear at all, but about a trucker who traveled <laughs> the land in a rig with his pet monkey and all of their wacky misadventures. Doesn't that sound awesome? It was. Wait, wasn't there a porn, porn called BJ and the Bear? I think there may have been, yeah. I think those those two terms, you may, you by the way, those, meant something very You make different. it those completely confused. <laughs> ask, ask Matt Booth. Uh, even better was a show that, and I, I swear I'm not making this up, ran for one season in 1970 where all of the characters were played by monkeys. And our hero fought against crime and against evil plots to take over the world. That's right. I'm talking about Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Google it. <laughs> it's for real, y'all. You'll find that Lancelot Link and his female partner, Mata Harry, Get it, Harry? Uh, also fronted a rockin' band that not only knew how to jam, but used their songs as encoded secret messages for other chimps that were also secret agents. Oh. Does this sound great or what? I mean, if it sounds awesome, that's because it freaking was, people. <laughs> Netflix, if you are listening, pick up Lancelot Link. I will binge the crap out of that like there's no tomorrow. I also really enjoyed the much darker Planet of the Apes movies. And these days, the CGI's gotten so good that you can almost believe it. There was an ad for the new one in the yeah, uh, Super that, Bowl yeah. last weekend. But a real-life situation like that is unfolding as we speak. And it makes the adventures of General Thade and Ari and General Krull seem tame by comparison. Our story today takes us to Thailand and the central city of Laburi, where the citizens are currently being subjected to an invasion of thousands of monkeys. Laburi has long been known for their population of macaques, he said macaque. And in fact, it's been a tourist de destination for people who like to hang out with monkeys for many years. Sounds like a place that I would actually love to visit. You just like get a pet monkey right there. Right. But the city is currently being overrun, according to numerous news reports, by a 3,500 strong army of these old world monkeys. Wow. And they have completely taken control of Lapuri. <laughs> Many locals have fled, while others have been forced to barricade themselves inside their homes. Now all I can think of is what Ian keeps talking about monkeys doing. Yep. In a desperate <laughs> bid to protect themselves against these rampaging primates. <clears throat> we live this in... <laughs> Go ahead. That's a... this is... I mean, that last bit where you said they Come barricade... Outside. <laughs> that last bit when you said they barricaded us, it makes me think of uh, uh, I Am Legend, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we live now in I'm not talking about the movie, because by the way, the the the, uh, the the zombies in the yeah in the movie are not anything like what's actually in the book. The mm -hmm. book has much more interesting zombies. Sorry, go ahead. Well, this is real life, and Lapuri local Kajura Tekawatana. That's easy for you to yeah. say. Tekiwatanawana. 
is how you actually pronounce it. Techie Wantana Wana. She told reporters, we live in a cage, but the monkeys live outside. And she added that she's had to completely barricade her home to prevent the monkey mob from raiding it in search of food. Now, at first, the locals attempted to keep the animals at bay by providing them with junk food. But that plan backfired and seemed to only make the monkeys more violent. They'd been giving the monkeys sweets and fizzy drinks and cereal, and I'm sure you can guess how that turned out. Don't you feed that stray dog, you'll keep coming back for more. Sugary sugary treats are well known to make monkeys more hyper and, and again, I swear I'm not making this up, more... more sexually active. Oh, I was going to say fling more poo, but yeah, well, okay. Flinging something. So the current situation seems to have been a result of lockdowns during the pandemic, where the monkeys went from being a tourist attraction to overrunning the city and became hungrier, hornier, and more aggressive than before. Oh, I thought you were going to go with the alliteration, hungry, hornier, and happier. That's right, though. The monkeys are more aggressive and they're horny. uh, Remaining locals say the monkeys can now be found everywhere. They sit atop rooftops, ready for ambush. They run riot on the roads, and they even rob passing cars. And that's not even to mention the whole issue of them throwing their poo at people, which Ian has been, uh, you know, campaigning for for the the beginning of the story. Yeah, like you've probably seen them do if you've ever been to the zoo. That's right. Yeah, Thailand's Department of National Parks has been forced to launch a sterilization program in hopes that they can curb some of the rapidly growing monkey population in the city, or at least some of the horniness. (laughs) Now, what can we, from our safely monkey-free cities in the Western world, do to help the people of Lopburi? (laughs) Not a whole lot, it turns out, unless we want to fly to Thailand to help with the macaque castration efforts. (laughs) But I thought... No, don't grab that end. Grab the other end. (laughs) I thought that I could perhaps be of service in some small way by once again waxing poetic and offering a bit of prose to help ease the tension of these poor people (laughs) who are barricaded in uh, in the safety of their homes while hordes of wild monkeys roam outside. Your words are so comforting. Inspiration finally hit. And with your permission, I'd like to share that poem with Why, you. Why, yes, sir. How could I, how could I deny you? And it how, could goes, I, how could I deny us that? And it goes a little something like this. Laburi, one day you will be free from the terror that all of you now see. You'll have work, play in class, without being harassed by a scary and randy monkey. <laughs> Reporting live from Laburi, <laughs> where I think I just witnessed a monkey three-way. My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. <laughs> I miss when you have the ukulele. You, you get to do take over. Right yeah, you guys didn't record the out? Yeah, no, well, we no, didn't. we didn't do the out. No, I should have done the out. <laughs> so Now, I realize that that may have not had as many punchlines as a typical episode of Drinking News, but I had to do it because it Dude, was when about mo- monkeys. That when monkeys great. take over town. Yeah. It, it sounds like they're doing it wrong, though. It sounds like they're going about fixing it wrong because in my mind, I'm picturing Bugs Bunny 
dressed up as a, as a female sexy monkey uh, see? to lure them <laughs> to another place, and this Carrie, is what they're doing wrong. You are completely, <laughs> you are completely a construct of your time in history, <laughs> because only someone our age would go to a Bugs Bunny cartoon. For, but of course, they could solve it that way. Yeah, that's how yeah, they yes. do it. You can see Bugs going <laughs> and leaving yeah. the lipstick kiss right on the monkey. Come on, you big monkey. <laughs> yeah. and then just go. Oh, you my know. God. I, I gotta, I gotta wonder whose idea was it? You know what? These monkeys are a pain in the butt. Let's give them sweets so that they know that they can get sweet, delicious, yummy food anytime well, it's they come like, here. You know, you see these videos and stuff of people that go to like third world countries, and they come out and like kids surround the the bus or whatever, yeah. the local kids, yeah. and so they give them treats and you know candies and stuff and then they follow them everywhere yeah. because mm -hmm. it's, yeah. there's no end to it it's kind of like when you're on an airplane and you're sitting in a seat behind a small child and and the child looks back at you and you start the game of peekaboo this game has no ending no ending yeah it's gonna go on for the rest of your flight dude we went camping one time with a friend of mine and i was like billy do not feed the squirrel <laughs> and Billy fed the squirrel. Billy, Billy fed, fed the, squirrel. the squirrel. This freaking yeah. squirrel haunted us the entire weekend. <laughs> Equilibrium and Evil Twin Brewing Company out of New York City uh, teamed up for an imperial stout called Barrel Aged Higgy Time or Higgy Time. It's H Y G G E. I don't know which one is uh, is co correct pronunciation, but it is an imperial Higgy time. stout. Higgy time. It's Higgy time. It's uh, imperial uh, stout with macadamia, honey, means, and marshmallow. Do it you means know what creating Higgy time? a warm atmosphere and enjoying the good things in life with good people. Oh, so you know all about Higgy time. Well, yes. Yes. Thank you, Google. <laughs> if that only, sounds like Urban Dictionary, because I don't even know that word. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Urban Dictionary might have a completely different definition for I Higgy time. I have to time. say, though, for... Uh, for um, for Evil Twin Brewing, this is one of the shortest beer names I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, because those guys. Well, I, I guess because it was a, uh, a collaboration with Equilibrium. Uh, have you tried so yours yet? I have not. Have you? It's outrageously good. Oh, wow. This is great yeah, on the it's, nose. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like nine kinds of good. Help. It says beer balanced by science. I love this. This is a wonderful idea. That should be encouraged, you know. My, mine almost looks like a Guinness in the, in the top. It's got like the, the little patterns from the bubbles. So uh, wow, that's good. Doesn't say what it's coming in at, but it feels pretty boozy. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's boozy, all right. And the macadamia, you can taste the macadamia. Mm -hmm. You can taste the marshmallow. What mm -hmm. else does it say is in there? Marshmallow, uh, macadamia, and honey. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't get a lot of the honey. Marshmallow, I get a little yes. on the end. I get a little, a little of the honey on the, on the end. end. Yeah. I think it's the sweetness is what it is. I mean, it's hard because of the macadamia and the marshmallow. It, it blends together like a cookie, you know, like a macadamia nut cookie or something. It's, it blends together like mm. that, and you get that you know, little. If, if you're ever someplace and they have this on the menu, this is what you want for dessert. Don't order the cake or the ice cream. Mm -hmm. uh, order this. The, drink your dessert. This is Wonderful. You know what would be amazing with this? What's that? A nutter butter. Oh yeah, I see it would. Can you imagine <laughs> another nutter butter being a butter sandwich cookie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this. Or maybe even dunk. like instead of a nutter butter, one of the like house brand ones oh, that yeah. you leave open overnight so it just gets the right amount of stale. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking like a vanilla cream. 
you know, like an Oreo, but vanilla, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dunk it in this. Yeah, oh, my yeah. goodness. This is... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is all kinds I was going to say, look at how it oh, sticks yeah. to the glass it's, there. There's still like a half an ounce there just stuck to the side of the glass. <laughs> this is really wonderful. I and mean, we've had some it really drips good, down like oil. <laughs> we've had some really good Imperial Stouts. This may be one of the sweeter ones I it's think we've It's incredibly sweet. Yes. Mm. Yes, it's incredibly sweet. If this was to fall between two um, physical things, it would stick them together permanently. Well, I will just say that Equilibrium Brewing and Evil Twin Brewing, who collaborated on this beer, uh, th- either of those breweries, if you come across something, just buy it. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's yeah. like this is something you're going to want to try. It's you're going to be good. Share, and you're going to want to talk about, and it's going to be good. Yeah. It's kind of like, like having a monkey. <laughs> it's going to be good. There's going to be a story it. involved. There's going to be a story involved, and you'll enjoy telling it from now until the end of time. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's never a boring story started with, yeah. so I had a monkey. <laughs> that's exactly right. 100%. You can't have a boring story if that's your intro. Oh, man, I still, still, to this day, I want a monkey. I really do. I want to have one hanging out in the apartment waiting for me when I come home from doing the show. With a cute little diaper on. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. (laughs) Don't throw that! Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. All about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I'm not kidding, people. Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. If any show has ever been worth your time, that is the show. Simultaneously worth more and less of your time. Yes, exactly. That's 100% true. Uh, So I just want to mention, I I had Ian pour me some more during uh, during the break. This equilibrium and equal twin collaboration barrel-aged Higgy Time. time There's almost a peanut butteriness to it. There is, yes. It's just kind of, there's so it's much flavor in so here. Much, it's wonderful. So many things going on. Mm-hmm. I no, can I imagine my my Miller Lite swilling friends trying to take a sip of this and watching <laughs> the look on their faces. Now here's what I'm curious about: Have you gone back to the rum? Oh yes. After having any of this stout, and what does it do for you? Mm. Well, the rum is so sweet and sticky that it stands up to it. Really? Wow. And it actually brings out a cinnamon aftertaste in the rum. Yeah. It's very, you know, the spice kind of gets defined. So your it headline does. would be, you yes. see what I did there? <laughs> uh, your headline would be that it uh, brings out the cinnamon and spice that's, in the that's rum. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, uh, Rocky Patel is building a second cigar factory, uh, and it is uh, going to be opening in Nicaragua uh, in as soon as the second half of 2026. The new factory complex will sit on eight uh, manzanas, which is roughly about 14 acres of land in Esteli. So Rocky Patel, who already produces a lot of cigars, mm-hmm. he's looking to just about double his production output. And that guy makes great cigars, too. He really does. And and he puts them out on a regular basis. Like I, he, bought, a, I bought a box of those uh, Rocky Patel number six. Mm, mm. So good. It's a wonderful cigar. Yeah. And you know what? Like, Don't sleep on the Rocky Patel decade. 
No, it's, that's, it's a few years old now, and people are focusing on more, you know, recent things out of the line. That is a wonderful That's one cigar. of the cigars. I have one in my humidor right now. It's one of the cigars that got me into smoking cigars. Like when I first started that decade and that mm-hmm. 19... Uh, the 1990, oh, the 1990 and the 92. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, my wonderful gosh. So yeah, wonderful cigars. So. Well, uh, it is going to include, by the way, in addition to all of the uh, different uh, barns and, and buildings capable of making up to 60,000 cigars per day, it wow. is also going to include offices, a cafeteria, medical facilities, and something that is being described as cigar entertainment. A man cave style lounge. So he's like the Hershey we, we need of to go cigar. To we need to go to Nicaragua. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to be like Hershey yeah. of cigar. He's going to have like Patel, theme park. Patel land <laughs> yeah. and, and like a roller coaster shaped like a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Uh, come into the humidor of horrors. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like a haunted humidor. <laughs> haunted humidor. The haunted humidor. <laughs> All right. So what have we learned on today's show? Well, We've that learned fling poo. that monkeys are fun, and they fling poo. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, we've learned that rum poured out of a really scary-looking monk's head can actually be quite delicious. That's true. That's true. And we have, as long course, as he's not staring at you. We of course learned that uh, that Ian is uh, is always welcome back on the show, and it's been good to have you back today. Hey, man, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything you want to uh, forecast about upcoming uh, episodes of the program? At the moment, yeah, no. Okay, we're well, good. That keeps you from forecasting things that won't actually happen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to build true. a wall, and Mexico will pay for it. Um, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on this. Yeah, we're working. We're, we're a work in progress right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So. Fair enough. Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, coming along for the program uh, this week. This one was a lot of fun. We hope you learned something about uh, about beers and chicken wings, and we hope you are uh, uh, able to come back with us. And I want to just mention one last thing. We've actually sent a formal request. We have not heard back. But Billy Gibbons, the legendary guitar player. Billy F. Gibbons, not to be confused with any of the other Mm -hmm. Billy Gibbons that you may know. From ZZ Top. uh, He's coming out with his own line of cigars and humidors. And we have extended our invitation to Billy, who lives here in our town, uh, to come on to the show. We've not heard back from official, um, official sources. So I just want to appeal to Billy on the show because I'm betting. He listens. Also, Billy, I can come knock on your door. You don't live far from me. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> Terry, you are now our ambassador. You're what we like to call Plan B. Except, except <laughs> I don't know if we should or not, because I can see Billy Gibbons, the beard and all, the legendary you know, guitarist for ZZ Top. I can see him going and looking at his people and going, Oh, Christ, it's that Terry guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that might not facilitate might not be well. getting That's right. the show. That's last, right. Last thing I'll say about Billy Gibbons, who I, I, I just like love, by the way. I, I have actually had a chance to meet him in the past. Had lunch with him once. He was wonderful and polite and just, you know, as humble as he could be. And when we left, he handed me his business card. It did not include his number, so I'm not able to call him uh, and ask him to be on the show. But it did say, when I got home, I looked at it and it said, Billy Gibbons. And underneath where it would say, like, his occupation, it said, friend of Clapton. (laughs) 
<laughs> not kidding. I still have this card, and it's one of my favorite items that I hold on have to. Have you heard? Have you heard him do twenty-five letters? Oh no! But oh, he yeah, does twenty-five letters on my dresser. Oh, classic, classic. Have a great week, my friends. Thank you for joining us for smoking and toasting. Until we meet again, which will be a week from now. Uh, have a wonderful week and uh, cheers, y'all. Yeah, I've been told.